Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight. The Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. May be seated. I don't know if I remember if I've told you this story before, but I went on a hiking trip to Colorado when I was 17. And it was a summer trip. It was in the middle of July. And part of it was we would drive up and we spent about five days in the wilderness. And so we hiked, we had a giant backpack um, with all our gear and all our food and tents and everything. There was a group of about 15 of us, we had two guides. And so part of that whole trail that we did was about 30 miles. So we did about five to six miles a day. And so as we were going about it, we finally get to the very top of whatever mountain we were on. And there was snow on the ground still in July, so we knew we were at the very top. So we get there, and then as we uh, get to the top, then the last couple of days was a quick descent. It was a safe descent. It wasn't any kind of like, it was more of a trail rather than uh, like hiking down a mountain or anything like that where we needed anything um, really severe. But part of the problem that I had was I was trying to get down the mountain as fast as I could because I have such long legs and I could not stay with the group. Oh, well, all I did was ask, can I just get, can I get in front of you guys? And so I kept running really fast, really fast, really fast. Before I knew it, I was five to ten minutes ahead. And I realized later that I completely missed half of that descent because I was so concerned about getting down the mountain and doing it at my speed so that it wouldn't hurt my legs. And I completely missed what was part of the mountaintop experience. So see, today is a good example of that as well. We had this joyous Easter, beautiful music, the flowers, the lilies, all the kiddos, and the Easter cross, and celebratory family and friends, maybe time with, with them, um, celebrating Easter. And yet, sometimes we can think, oh, okay, we've had that, and now I'm going to go back to the rest of my life. So the next week, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, roll on, and we completely forget about the joy of Easter that we've had. We even had that the Holy Week, and so we've been involved in, in, in really trying to understand the full meaning of Easter and the sacrifice, and so we're getting into all of that. And then we come to today, and we might even forget about it. We might be, and, and we can miss, we can get right back into the rigors and the day-to-day um, -day of our lives and forget all of that. So it's really important, like me with this descent, I forgot all the trees. I forgot the beautiful mountain. And I haven't been back to Colorado in that way since. And that was, what was what, 1995? Oh my gosh, that's a long time ago for me. Uh, might have been a long time ago for you, I don't know. But, uh, but definitely missed that whole part. And so uh, we can easily get away from the miracle. Now if we look in the Gospels, now they're all kind of a different order about what exactly happens. But with John, here we are in this moment, and the disciples are scared, right? But haven't they already been told about the empty tomb, right? Haven't they told about the miracle that's happened? They're upstairs in the room. They're stuck together. The doors are locked. They've completely missed all that's happened. And in fact, we have, they've been told Jesus is gone. Jesus has been resurrected. He's escaped. He's free. And they're still lose, missing that whole meaning. And, you know, we can really get away from that as well. And, and like them, they're scared. Now, 
the passage is reading they're scared because of the Jews, but that was written by the author. We don't know exactly why they're afraid, but they're afraid, and they're together. And as we see as the passage goes on, we are led to believe, based on what's being said, that the doors are completely locked and Jesus still arrives, right? So we're seeing Jesus be fully God and fully divine at the same time. This is a perfect example of that happening. So the disciples are there. They're with, we're with Jesus. He's with them. He shows them this is all that's happened. I'm here. I'm not in the tomb anymore, right? All of this has happened, and they're still trying to make sense of all of this, just like we do. We, we, get, we believe on that Easter Sunday, and then as we get further and further away from Easter, we begin to go, oh, I don't know, I like how my life is. I don't know if I necessarily want to make a difference in the world or make a difference in my own life or what's going on. And so we get away from it. We get away from what really, really happened. So it, it's, it's a twofold thing. It's our own lives and what we can do to make a difference in the world, and then also, in turn, what they understood. So I really like this passage where it is here because it's so real to us. You know, the, the, the Gospel of John could have been written very differently. This passage could not be here. I mean, if you're going to write a story, do you really write all the doubt right after all the, the miracle that happens? It shows the humanity of, this, of the disciples and it shows the humanity for us as well. For me, this helps me believe more. Instead of avoiding the possibility of doubt, it goes right there. It's right there in front of us and helps us to connect to God in a new and meaningful way. And so um, I'll give you an example uh, for me. Uh, so I went to a thing called Happening. Some of you guys have actually been to it. Um, I know some of the youth have been to it. Um, and I did, it was, a, it was a weekend experience when I was a teenager. And it happened in Harlingen, Texas. So I drove down there from Corpus Christi. Um, and it was a part of, uh, with a, one of our priests took, took a couple of us there. And uh, had a really, a, for the first time in my life at that point, I got to meet Jesus in my own kind of way, in my own connection, away from my church, away from my family, but still in the Episcopal context. And it was a really powerful moment for me to really kind of have my faith become foundational and part of my own. Not just what my family had said or what my church had said, but it become my own in, in, in what, how I was gonna live my life from then on. And so this was probably, I wanna say, late July, early August. So school was just about to start. I was 17, junior in high school, you know, it was it was like any any big large high school. Lots of people, lots of stuff going on, lots of challenges, um, variety of beliefs, faiths, all kinds of things. Were very different. And so um, we were in. Uh, so I knew it was coming. And so what I had to do was try to. I knew this was a mountaintop experience that I had it happening, and I wanted to keep it going. So I did something differently. I didn't just go back to my usual routine. The basketball season was about to to get going and. I just knew, all right, I, you know, usually what I would do in the summertime is I play basketball all summer. And I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't stop. And I knew that I was tempted to be, well, I could go be playing with my friends and really that's all I do 24 seven until school starts. I could have done that, but I didn't. So this is something significant and different. And so what I did was I kept studying the word. I kept praying. I kept uh, in contact with 
the people that I went to happen with. I made those connections and continued to. And through those weeks, I continued to pray and have, and now I received a calling during that period of time. I literally received the calling to be a priest at that time. Now that sounds, that's a significant thing and a great joy, but that was because I stayed in that mountaintop experience. I didn't leave it. I didn't say, oh, well, I've had that and now I'm gonna go back to the way of my life. Because for me, that would have meant what my family was into, which was an oil and gas business. And I would have been a landman like my dad and my granddad and my uncle. I mean, it was a whole family thing. So that was truly a departure for me because I stayed into that. I didn't go back into the same routines. I was able to continue to live into this life and a very different life than, than what probably was prescribed by me my, from, by my family. And I think that's really important for us too because we can live into it. And if we continue to live into our the belief and, the, and what Jesus Christ has taught us in our scriptures, we can change the world too. Part of what we lose in our, in our ability in our corporate worship, after a while we think we don't make a difference. We don't think that our lives have had a lot of meaning. But they really have when you are around your, the people and you give of your heart and give to others the, the growth of love is so much stronger and larger than you can even imagine and so a lot of times we we lose sight of that we think we can't make a difference or we haven't made a difference and we do we make great differences and the people around us know that sometimes we just don't say it so part of what we can do in this world is understand this great resurrection, this turning of, uh, turning everything over, the paradigm being shifted. And a couple of the things that, that I thought about, I was like, what is the world trying to say? What is the world acting like right now? And what could Jesus and our belief corporately change that? And one of them was peace on this earth for all, right? Can we, can we, if we truly believe in the power of the resurrection and the change in the paradigm shift, we can truly have that. And despite our world where we all attack each other, where religions are attacking each other, it's people are attacking people of faith. I mean, it's, it's, it's bloody, it's hard. But we can corporately be against that and say that we can live in community together. The other one is no slavery anywhere in the world. Can we live without that? Can we not enslave others, either with with companies or even with uh, religions or organizations or governments or things like that where there's oppression. And there are ways to stop that and prevent it. We can look at each other in the eyes and see the, the light of Christ in all of us, where we cannot look at, our, look at somebody and see a social class, look at somebody and see particularly gender or orientation or um, where people are as they identify, um, all those kind of things. We can look at people and see the light of Christ and love them anyway, and live with them in, in harmony. We can actually do that through the love of Christ. Um, one that's, we, that's probably harder for all of us is to give freely to everyone who asks. You know, there's a lot asked of a lot of us in a lot of places, and sometimes we categorize and say, well, that's not gonna help. I can't really help that person. But we're already de determining things that stand in our way of freely giving. Or I don't wanna I don't want to impose on that person and maybe say, hey, I've never seen you before. I want to invite you to church, those kind of things. Oh, because they're like last like uh, on Easter, 
Maybe you saw some people you didn't recognize in church, but you didn't go up and say hi because you thought, oh, that might be a relative of someone, or maybe they came here a long time ago, but they haven't been here. And you're already setting yourself up from just going to say hello and say, hey, I haven't recognized you before. You know, uh, I'm so-and-so. I mean, how easy is that? But we have all of these things that, that stand in our way that prevent us from sharing Christ. And so um, I think for, for what I want to leave for you guys today is continue to live into the joy of Easter. Continue to not forget what's happened, even past Easter season where we say our hallelujahs, where we're still uh, reading particular scriptures, where we're still focused on that. Continue to live beyond the Easter season into the next, and continue as we get into summertime to be still focused. Even though we might be going places and doing things, and maybe we're not at church as much, or we're not at home as much, still bring that with you. Because it can change the world, and it can change our own lives as well.